Today, you are going to be hearing a sermon from one of our ministers here on staff. We hope this word blesses you, and remember that we love and appreciate your time here. Now, let's hear what the Lord has for you today. Amen. How many are blessed to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Amen. You can go ahead and take your seats. I got the privilege of ministering the word this morning. Amen. We're going to have a a great time. Amen. uh, uh, This morning. So if you're taking notes, I titled this message Arise. Because in order to stay the course, I mean, you know, we have to arise to the challenge, arise to the things that God sets before us. And I'm going to be looking in the book of Judges. We're just going to read three verses. And then uh, as we go on, we'll be reading some more. Joshua chapter one, verse one and three, it reads like this. Now it happened after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses servant saying, verse two, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, take to take his place, cross over this Jordan and you and all this people into the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Verse 3, I have given you every place on which the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised to Moses. Let's pray. Father, we come before you, Lord, this morning. First of all, we give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise, Lord. Father, I pray I step aside and you use me to minister your word this morning, God. I pray our hearts be good soil, Father God. We come against any distractions that would try to rob your word from taking root. And Lord, we're careful once again, God, to give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise. And everyone said, Amen and amen. How many are familiar with the book of Joshua, right? We know that God called him and challenged him to step up to a task, amen, that he thought he couldn't do. Just like us, we're here and we've been hearing our pastor preach on staying the course. We're in the last days. It's, it's time to rise up. But sometimes we too, we need a little push. How many could say amen? God is saying, because when we read the opening scripture here, he says, the Lord told him that, that everything I give you, he says, I'm giving you all this. It's just like us. God has promises for us and, and God has plans for every person's life that is in here. And even those watching in our live stream, he's got something great for you to do. Now, it's not just going to happen. There's something that we have to do on our part. Amen. And that's a rise, meaning step up. Look at your neighbor and tell him, step up. Now tell them arise just in case they didn't understand step up. Because sometimes, you know, when God is speaking to us, we all we want is signs. God, give me another sign. Right? And then we make we want to make it difficult. Well, God, if I walk out of my house and and there's a burning bush, I know it's you. How many know that doesn't happen? God speaks through his word. How many could say amen? God speaks, amen, through sermons, through messages, through through different uh, men of God, amen. He'll speak to us and challenge us, but a lot of times we don't understand that. As believers, we should always be moving forward on our spiritual journey, amen. Uh, But many times we stop short in receiving what God wants us to have. Just like the children of Israel, they stopped short. Their their leader was no longer there, and they were at a place where where Joshua was praying. and, And the Lord told Joshua, hey, stop praying, get up now. 
Because how many know sometimes we can just pray, oh, God, open the right door. And God is saying, no, all the doors are open. All you got to do is step up and step through the door that I have before you. But sometimes we just, we just want to pray and not move. See, prayer, we need prayer because that, that's the Lord's spirit moving in us. But we also need to do our part, and that's take action. Amen. We have to step up. So Israel stopped short uh, when they failed to enter the promised land the first time. We all know the story. The, Moses sent out spies, right? Twelve spies. Ten of them came back negative. Two of them were positive, Joshua and Caleb. But yet the negative people changed the whole generation. Amen. And they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Let me ask you a question this morning. Are you negative or positive? Because everybody has negative and positive inside of them. But what are you speaking more? If you're speaking more negative, guess what? You're never going to arise. But if you're speaking positive, you're going to say, God, I believe you for what your word says. And, and I'm going to believe that it's you because I know in me there's nothing good, God. But with your spirit in me, I can do all things. Amen. So Israel, they stopped short when they failed to enter the promised land. Remember, they came back and Caleb, oh, we can take it. The rest of the people know. I mean, no negativity. If, you, if you're negative in this church, you can spread fire that would change people's lives, that they'll never reach their full potential because something you said. Amen. Or if you're religious, religious people. Pastor Anthony talked about spectators, right, and, and being participators. How many of you know that if you're a participator, you ain't got time to, to spectate? Because if you ever watch a game as a spectator, all we do is see all the wrong things the team does, right? Oh, you should have caught, you should have threw it over here instead of throwing it over there. And here with Joshua, the Lord is saying, hey, stop being a spectator. Moses is dead already. Now it's time for you to participate in the plan that I have for the children of Israel. And you're going to be the one that's going to lead them. But remember here, this was Joshua's second attempt at it. Because remember the first time he came back, he was fired up, but nobody believed him. So imagine him coming now and God is saying, hey, I still believe in you, even though they didn't believe you, but let's do this again. There may be some of you here, you failed the first time. And God is saying, no, that promise is still for your life, that the call of God is still there. Uh, the plans I have for you didn't change, amen. Just get back to it. Just arise, amen. But sometimes we, we let our past failures destroy what God is trying to do in our lives. See, in their disobedience, they wandered in the wilderness instead of receiving what God had promised them. Because it's not always the devil. Hello, somebody. We like to blame everything on the devil, Right? Oh, I got a flat tire, that lying devil. Now, your tires were bald, man. You buy new tires. It had nothing to do with the devil, right? And, oh, I ran out of gas, that lying devil. Well, you should have put it when the light went on, right? Like, come on, man. We, we want to blame everything on the enemy. But sometimes it's just our disobedience. The, the warning sign was there. It says gas, low fuel. You didn't listen to the warning sign. You were disobedient to what the car was telling you to do. Now you ran out of gas and you're mad at everybody. What do you mean you can't pick me up right now? But sometimes we do the same thing with the, the plans that God has for our lives. God says, I called you to preach. There's a city with your name on there. I, I called you to come and help your church, to volunteer in the children's ministry, in the nursery, amen, in the youth. I called you to do great things. But a lot of times we don't listen to all of that because we don't want to do what he wants us to do. We still want to do what we want to do. 
And how many know that's where disobedience comes in? I'm not ready yet. How many ever said that? I'm not ready yet. Like, if we, if we, I got to get better, God, for you to use me. That's not how God works. God says, I raise, I, 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 I raise up the foolish things of this world. Look at your neighbor. Don't say nothing. Just look at them. Amen. <laughs> so our stopping short, uh, what may be stopping us from arising can be disobedience. And it's not maybe like you think disobedience. Sometimes we categorize disobedience. Oh, this is worse. than No, disobedience is disobedience. You see, refusing to follow God's direction is disobedience. And that will cause us to wander in the desert 40 years. I wonder how many people are wandering in the desert right now because you refuse to do what God's called you to do. You keep telling God he made a mistake. I mean, no, God doesn't make mistakes. If you're in this church, God has you here. He didn't make a mistake. People leave churches because they don't get their way. Oh, they're not using me. They're not using you because you're not following the structure we have. Oh, I'm going to go to another church. You know, just, just stay where God put you. Plant yourself and, and let God use you. But a lot of times we fail to enjoy the blessings of God because we're functioning in disobedience. I'm not praying. Disobedience. We need to have that relationship with God. I'm not reading his word. I'm not, I don't want to volunteer. How many know that? That's how you find out where God's called you. You volunteer in ministry. Oh, but they just want to use me to watch kids. That's, that's okay. No, but I go to church to drop off my kids to get a break. No, no, volunteer. Because you start growing when you're in the ministry with kids and, and God starts dealing with your attitudes. And, and with the little kid, you can learn how pure love is. Because we come in so damaged, we got a guard around our heart. And we're like, no, I, ain't nobody going to come and touch me. But when you volunteer in the nursery, oh, man, you, the pure love is there. Then God is able to open up your heart. I want to bring out five things here that Joshua needed to do. Number one, in verse two, he had to accept the challenge. It says, Moses, my servant, is dead now. Therefore, arise, cross over this Jordan, you and all this people into the land which I am giving to them. See, the Lord is saying, hey, that land is yours. All you got to do is accept the challenge. In other words, all you got to do is believe what I'm calling you to do. Some of you is God's call to preach. But you may not have no integrity. Well, let me go on. Some of you are getting mad already. You, know? you, were, you were doing so good, man. Now you're messing up. See, Joshua had to accept the challenge. He was praying. You could say he was spiritual. He was in prayer. Oh, God. And God said, hey, 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 stop praying. Get up now and do something about it. How long are you going to pray for? Time to take action. I mean, no, in our church, it's time to take action. There's cities, amen. There's people out there that are dying and going to hell. And God called you and chose us to meet the needs. It can be at the coffee shop, the same person you see time after time at the laundromat, at the market, amen, at the store, amen. It can be the same person. And God's telling you in your heart, you feel the God's saying, witness to them. And you're like, no, I don't know what to say. Just tell them Jesus loves you. Just smile. See, but you have to accept the challenge. How many ever God told you to witness to somebody and then you didn't? I know all of us can be guilty of that. What happened? We didn't accept the challenge. 
You know, you just want to pray, pray. Some of you are praying, God, open the door for a job. And God is saying, stop praying. Go start putting applications. <laughs> right? Oh, God, I want a $30 an hour job. You don't even have an education. Go get some training. Go get some skills. And then you can go ahead and, and, and make the good money. Amen. That's free 99. Amen. That's not even my notes. Amen. <laughs> But after Moses died, God challenged Joshua to possess the land. And this wasn't a decision that was real like, okay, let me do it. He really had thought because he had been here before. And God was taking him around again because it didn't work out the first time. But God says, I called you to do this, so let me take you back around again. How many know when we don't get it right the first time, God takes us back around again, amen, until we get it right. So here Joshua was at the place there. And Joshua was here, and he knew the weaknesses of, of all the children of Israel. He knew the problems he had because he just came out of it. And now God is saying, hey, I called you still. I didn't make a mistake. All the negative people, they died. Now you're dealing with their children. And then after all the people that were negative died, what happened? They came back to the place and God told the children of Israel with Joshua, Will you go into the promised land? So the children had to make the right choices, amen, because the parents didn't make the, uh, the right choice. And I want to encourage you, you as a parent, continue making right choices because your kids won't have to wander in the desert, amen, because the choices that you made. Number two, how many are still with me? How many know we have a mandate to reach, teach, mend, and send? That's our challenge, living word. Our challenge is to reach, teach, mend, and send. And that goes for everybody here. We, we all can reach somebody, amen? And so when we go out there, the opportunity is there, especially after this message, everywhere you go, that's all you're going to hear. Witness to them. Some of you are afraid to witness to them because you go over there and you party with them. Now how are you going to witness to them? But that ain't this message. Let's go on number two. The second thing you have to do is step up to the challenge. Not only accept it, you have to step up to it. In chapter 3, verse 15, it says, And when those who were carrying the ark came up to the Jordan, and the feet of the priests carrying the ark were submerged at the edge of the water, it says there the water went, and it was dry land. They not only accepted it, but they had to step into it. They had to take action because it's easy to say yes, right? If I say right now, how many want to fulfill God's call? Pretty much everybody's hand is going to go up. You accept the challenge, but after you accept the challenge, you have to step up into the challenge. It's okay. I'm not only going to raise my hand verbally. Now I'm going to do something physically. Physically, it may be to pray more. It may be to read more. It may be to go out and witness more. What is God challenging you to do? Remember, the Jordan River was at the flood stage during the time of the year. It was at the highest peak. How much better would it have been if it was at the low peak? But how many know that we honor God in our willingness to trust him during hard times? Let me say that again. We honor God in our willingness to trust him during hard times. How many of you going through hard times right now? Don't raise your hands. We all got our hard times those watching on our live stream, but yet we honor him when it's the hardest time in our life, our willingness to still trust him. God, my situation may not be looking good, but God, I know I trust you who have my best interest. Do you know God has your best interest in mind? 
when he allows things to come our way? You may not understand. You Oh, no, everything's going bad. Well, maybe God is trying to teach you that no matter how bad it gets to still trust him. Everyone will come to a place in life where you have to step up in order to get to the other side. God wants us to step up into the river and face the challenges. What challenge do you have before you here? Some of you just say, well, I don't know how to spoke right, right? I don't have an education, right? And God is saying, you don't need that. All you need is to trust, accept the challenge, accept that I called you, accept that I'm going to anoint you, and step out and take action. I don't know how to read, or I can't understand. It doesn't matter. Take a step. Buy a dictionary. That way you can look up the, the, the big words. Do. D-O. And then when you start understanding that you're doing everything on your part, for God can step in and renew your mind. I don't know how to spoke right. It comes through the Word of God. When you read the Word of God, you pray, right? And you, God starts changing our language. How many can say amen? amen? I mean, we can change our language where we can go and, and, and we can talk real good. But yet, when you go to the neighborhood, you can still talk slang. Because where God's called you to do, amen? And so during the hard times, can you trust him? When the challenges get hard, God often reveals his power when it's the greatest challenges we face. If it wasn't impossible, how is God going to reveal his power? If it's possible, we can do it ourselves, right? And, and then we start patting ourselves on the back. And then we start saying, well, I ain't got to pray. I ain't got to read because I know how to do this myself. And God is saying, but if you do it yourself, nothing's going to last. You need my anointing. You need the Holy Spirit and what you do because that will last everything you do. What great challenge are you faced with here this morning? Maybe it's your children. Maybe it's a financial situation. Maybe it's a health issue. And you're like, God, I, I don't know. I, every time I go to the doctor, I, I get bad reports. That's why I stopped going to doctors, right? And then you end up getting worse because you're not going to doctors and listening to what they're telling you to take or do, right? Oh, nobody want to admit to that, huh? <laughs> but what challenges are you facing here this morning? Those watching on our live stream, what challenges are you facing? Maybe you don't believe that God has called you and separated you. Because sometimes our mind will tell us, oh, you got to get better. And God has said, man, I, I loved you at your worst. Remember that. When we were at our worst, he stepped in and he picked us up out of our pit. Amen. But sometimes our, our mind thinks logically, and God, I, I'm, I ain't got it all together. How can you use me? And God is saying, well, that's what I specialize in because people know where you're at. But when they see me working through you, they know it's not you. They know it's me. My third point, step into the unknown. The unknown. A lot of us like to step if we can see it, right? If I see it, I'll, I'll take a step. Amen, God. But what if you can't see it and God is telling you to do something? Maybe God is telling you, hey, give an offering. Well, some of you are getting mad, huh? <laughs> you gave your tithes. Now give an offering. Oh, God, but how, uh, it doesn't make sense. I barely have this. And, and God is saying, that's why you got to sow seed. you got to sow financial seed. If you want to get financially blessed, sow financial seed. 
But he said, oh, no, no, God, I, I can't. That's the unknown. The, Israel were, uh, the Israelites were preparing to walk where they had never walked before into a land unknown to them. They, they were a brand new generation of people. Remember, these were the kids. Because the ones that went and seen the promised land that came back negative, they all died. I mean, no, negativity will kill us. Negativity will kill your vision. Negativity will kill what God wants to do, your promises. They all died, but now there was a new generation. And, and how many know that, that here in Living Word, we got a new generation of men and women, amen, and young people that are saying, God, I will do anything you called me to do. This generation didn't know the future. They didn't know it. All they know is, hey, my parents said no to God, and look at what happened to them. I'm going to say yes. How many know each day we face the new and the unknown? Every day we're going to face the unknown. Most of us fear the unknown. And when we fear the unknown, we'll live with our problems instead of facing our challenges. Let me say that again. When we fear the unknown, we will live with our problems instead of facing our challenges. God, but I don't want to step out and witness. But imagine if nobody stepped out and witnessed to us where we would be at. But yet somebody took time and told you, hey, I got an answer for what you're going through. But a lot of us fear that. A lot of us fear the call of God. We just want to get saved, amen, to be good enough to not mess up. I mean, when I got saved, I, I, I went to church. Me and my wife going through a divorce. We had all our three kids. I said, I'm, I just want to go to church, get saved, and not do drugs because I want to raise my kids. That was it. I never wanted to preach the gospel. They're telling you, you got to know, you guys tell everybody that. That's your job. And, 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 but yet, when I started learning how to surrender, I found out, hey, you know what? God does have something for me. Yeah, I don't have an education. Yeah, I don't know how to speak, right? But God says, as long as I trust him, that he's going to use me. He's going to anoint me. Amen. The same as you. You know where the anointing comes from? Not giving up. Not giving up. You see men and women and great preachers with an anointing. But yet if you go behind the scenes and see every time they felt like giving up. And sometimes even throwing in the towel, but the Holy Spirit picking it back up and throwing the towel back at them and saying, you ain't quitting on me because I never quit on you. And if you don't see those hard times, all you do is see when they come up here and they preach the gospel and, and the anointing of God flows. And you're like, man, I want that. But yet nobody wants to die no more. We don't want to pay price. We got so used to logically going to the clearance rack. We want the same thing with anointing. Let me, go, let, me, let me go to the clearance rack and see what anointing I can get. How many still with me? <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, man, he's talking about you bad today. No. <laughs> How many know following God into the unknown, unto the unknown creates us, in us a dependency on him? When we step into the unknown, it's like, you ain't got nobody else to trust but God. God, I don't know where I'm going, God, but, but I, I know you're telling me to go this way, and, and I'm going to trust you, God. That's the best feeling anybody could ever have. 
instead of trusting ourselves. Oh, I know how to handle this. Let me go over here and do this. God says, no, I need you to go into the unknown. I need your full dependency to be on me. So when we follow him into the unknown, God creates in us a dependency on him, which leads to victory. Whenever you trust in God, whenever we depend on God, there will always be victory. I mean, when we depend on ourselves, <laughs> uh-uh, there's no victory there. That's why some of us been going over in the desert for so many years and we keep bumping our heads. Now you bought a helmet and it says, don't hurt that much. <laughs> and me bump my head, don't hurt. No, change what you're doing. Change what you're doing. Number four, step into God's protection. How many know when we do God's will, he protects us? I said, when we do God's will, there's a protection, a, a hedge of protection that goes around us. And, and the Bible even says no weapons formed against us will what? Will prosper. When the enemy comes in like a flood, he'll what? Raise a standard against it. Those are our promises. We need to step into God's protection. Verse 5, he says, no man will be able to stand before you to oppose you as long as you live. Just as I was present with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you or abandon you. I mean, no, this is a promise. God, God says, I'm not going to let you down. Not only I'm not going to let you down, I'm not going to abandon you. God's not going to abort the mission that he's given us. So many times we come into church and people all our life abandon on us. And then we expect God to do the same thing. And God says, no, I'm with you, man. I, I'm not going nowhere. See, Joshua could accept the challenge because he recognized God's promise to him. In essence, God said to Joshua, if you accept the challenge, I'll commit myself to you. And that's what God is saying. When you step into the unknown, there's a protection that I guarantee I'll cover you. How I many know that's a win-win situation? Oh, but you don't understand. This person hurt me. Yeah, but you're still in God's protection. That hurt is going to do you good in the long run because now you're going to know how to minister to people that hurt. A lot of times, oh, hurt people, hurt people. Yeah, but heal people, heal people. So when God ministers it through the hurt and, and is able to strengthen us, we're able to go out and encourage people that have been through the same thing. In verse 5, God promises the powerful presence. He said, God reminded Joshua, no one will be able to stand against Israel. Not because of their power, but because of his power. Amen. Look at your neighbor and tell them, no one will be able to stand against you. I mean, that's a promise of God. You may say, no, but everything's not. It doesn't matter. Nothing will be able to stand against you because of his power, not your power. Maybe you got to shift your vision and say, I've been standing on my, my power. Now I got to stand on his power. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, he promises his power and presence for our lives. Luke 10, 19, the Amplified says, listen carefully. I have given you authority that you now possess to tread on serpents and scorpions and the ability to exercise authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing will in any way harm you. Nothing. That's a win-win situation. 
Why are you going around scared for? Oh, I'm afraid. Why? God's right here, man. He's given us all power. When the devil comes in, you just have to shift your prayer and go into warfare prayer and say, devil, nothing you bring my way. Then you stand and you travail all night in prayer. Too many people don't want to travail no more. They just want to read the promise. Right? Resist the devil and he shall flee. The first, the first part of that says submit to God. Submitting to God is surrendered in prayer, surrendered in the word, surrendered in everything he asks us to do. Nobody wants to do that no more. See, even when you don't see God, he's there. And that's in verse 5. He also says uh, uh, that, that he'll never leave or forsake us. You may be feeling like he's not even there this morning. Watching in our lives and you feel like everything's taken from you. But I want to let you know and I want to encourage you this morning that he's there right now. He's there with you. He's holding you. He's got a protection, hedge of protection around you. Amen. All you got to do is stand on his promise. All you got to do is stand on his word. All you got to do is come and begin to do, do, do warfare against the devil. Christ has made us... made us the same commitment to us he has given us his spirit to live in us so we won't be alone first john 4 13 by this we know with confident assurance that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his holy spirit it says with confidence assurance in other words you're able to walk around when you're going through things you know what i got the holy spirit inside of me i got a confidence assurance that you can walk with your head up you can walk with your shoulders back and say devil ain't nothing you throw at me it's gonna work because you got confidence just like when you get your paycheck you got a confident that your wife's gonna take all your money no i'm just joking amen <laughs> confident my wife's the only one said amen no i'm just joking (laughs) and my last point is step into obedience see the whole thing about every all these steps step in obedience in verse 7 he says only be strong and very courageous be careful to do everything in accordance with the entire law which moses my servant commanded you do not turn from it to the right or to the left So that you may prosper and be successful wherever you go. Stepping into obedience means following the Lord, amen, to what what the word says. You may be telling you, let that relationship go. Some see some of you don't even want to look now. Like that's toxic for you. How do you know? I'm reading your mind, you know. Because you haven't told nobody about it. Right? Oh, no, no. I'm just praying when the right time. No. (laughs) You're already trapped. What you do is you go, hey, pastor, this is what I'm thinking. They'll give you a yes or no. And then you get mad. Oh, you just don't want me to be successful. Let me know what I'm talking about. Obedience. Well, how do you know it's toxic? Every time you get around them, you do things you shouldn't be doing. That's toxic. You know? No, we're just texting. Yeah, until it turns into sexting. Free night in on this one. All the mad faces, they start like manifest. See, God told Joshua 
that he was to obey the law of God, through Mo- even though Moses was gone, the law remained. See, how many know obedience is always there for the believer? Amen. And, and whatever his word says, the people of God had to be obedient. Today, God calls us to be obedient to his word in our lives. And it says when we're obedient, all our ways will be prosperous. Not just some. All our ways. Be obedient no matter what you're facing. God, I'm still going to stand. I know it doesn't look favorable right now, God. It looks like I'm losing. But in the spirit, I'm actually winning. How many can say amen? You look at Gideon, started with 32,000, went all the way to 300. It looked like he was losing in the physical eye. But in the spiritual realm, he was winning and God was setting him up for the greatest victory he ever had. Just like you this morning here watching on our live stream. It may seem like setback after setback, but through the logical eye, it may look like that. But in the spirit, God is setting you up for victory. God is setting you up that you can say, I stood on the promises of God. Just as Israel was to obey the law, we have to implement all of God's word into our lives. But so many times we treat God's word like a buffet. Everybody knows what buffet is. Some of you stood up quick. You woke you up and said, buffet. You're like, what? <laughs> buffet, you go pick what you want. Right? Let me get God's word and, and let me pick this scripture because it's good for me. I keep messing up, but hey, the Bible says let me see if your person falls 77 times, you know, let them get back up again. Instead of just saying, God, I'm going to use your victory and authority you've given me so I don't have to keep falling for the same thing, God. Because every time I fall and make an excuse, I cheapen the price that was paid on Calvary. So, God, I'm going to walk in your authority. I'm going to walk in your dominion. But, no, we treat it like a buffet. Let me pick here today. I feel like being saved, so let me act holy today. Tomorrow I don't, you know. I mean, no, everybody has their best face here. You're in church. Now, driving here, that's a whole different story. Some of you were manifesting all the ways over here, up on here and stuff, right? But as soon as you walk in the holy ground, hallelujah. Come on, hold my hand, babe. You know, that way people think we're together, we're in unity. You fought all the ways up here. I'm hitting home, huh? Some of you are like, yes. God told Joshua not to vary from the law. He was to obey the entire law every day. This wasn't a a weekend law. Okay, just on the weekend, just on church days, you'd be good. Every single day we have a choice to make. I'm either going to follow God's law or I'm not. Because we're making a choice every day. Oh No, I'm not making a choice. Yeah, you do. If you you choose not to follow God's law, then you chose to do what you want to do. That's a choice. Amen. How many know there's no part-time Christianity? You can't. Defeat a full-time devil on a part-time Christianity. You can't. How do you know? Well, look at you've been trying it for how many years and you're still in the same place? See, the Israelites, they were getting to where God wanted them uh, to face their challenges and to go possess the land because he had given the land to their parents. But their parents, they they were negative, so now they were going to inherit it, but they had to choose the right things. Nothing had changed. They were still the same requirements for them to get into the promised land. Follow my law. The same thing like us here. The same requirements. I've called you. 
I got something great for you to do. For some, there's the city. For others, you're going to be strong pillars, strong tithers in our church, great nursery workers, rehab directors. We need all that. But the question is, are you going to step up to the challenge? Are you going to arise? Are you going to say, God, I've been saying you made a mistake, but I'm just... Because the reality is sometimes we fight God more than we do the enemy. God, you made a mistake. God, you can't use me. And everything God wants us to do, we resist it. And when the enemy tells us stuff, we go, oh, okay, no problem. I'll do, I'll do this better. You know what happens if we start fighting the enemy as much as we would fight God? <laughs> You'll become everything God's called you to become. You'll be that great man of God, that great woman of God, that, those great young leaders, amen, the great power couples, amen, that we have in our church, amen. That's you. You may say, but you don't know my condition. It doesn't matter. The spirit inside of you is already there. All you got to do is start walking in it, amen. God didn't make a mistake when he called you, son, daughter, amen. He didn't make a mistake. You're there, well, but you don't understand. No, you don't understand the power inside of you. As everyone stands here this morning. You don't understand. The Holy Spirit lives in us. That's power. There should be no reason why you don't fulfill God's call in your life. No reason. Unless you're not obeying him. Unless you still want to fight with him. He made a mistake. I don't know where you're at. Here this morning, those watching on our live stream. But maybe you don't know the Lord. Maybe you come here, maybe you just happen to tune in. And you're like, man, well, all this stuff sounds good, what you're talking about. But I never invited him as my personal Savior. Well, I want to give you the opportunity here this morning. If you're here and you say, you know what? I want to accept the Lord as my personal Savior. Just a little lifting up of your hands. If you're on our live stream, just click the link. Amen. That way we can continue to pray for you. Or maybe you're here and you say, you know what? I, I walked away from the Lord because I thought he made a mistake. But I want to rededicate my life back to him. If that's you, lift up your hand. We want to say a word of prayer for you. Amen. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. We're going to pray right now. Just repeat this prayer. Say, dear Jesus, come into my heart. Cleanse me. Of all my sin, wash me white as snow. From this day forth, I give my life to you to do whatever you want me to do. In your son's name, amen and amen. Now we're going to change the order of the service. Maybe you're here and you say, you know what? I haven't been stepping up into what God's called me to do. And you know who you are because your heart was pumping when we're talking about this. I want to open the altars. I want you to come. And, and all we're saying is, God, I want to step up to do what you call me to do. These altars are open. We're going to pray for you. Amen. Don't fight. The enemy, you, well, how do you know you're fighting? Because your heart's pounding real fast right now. The Holy Spirit's telling you, go up. And you're like, no, I don't want to go up. Hallelujah. There's more of you here. Just come up. And as you come up, just lift up your hands. Let the Holy Spirit begin to minister to you. Don't do the same thing you always do. Do something different, amen. That way you get a different result. Hallelujah. As the as worship team's ministers, we're going to go and pray for you. If you still want to be included in this, 
Come on up, amen, to this altar. We're not saying we're messed up. All we're saying is, God, I need your help. Hallelujah.